What's happening, guys? Welcome back to Gate 7 International. This is Adi. I'm rolling solo today. We're here to talk, take a little bit of a reflection, as it says in the description. Uh, got a few things to talk about, but before we get started, don't forget, those of you that are tuning in, to like and subscribe if you don't already. All of the engagements help us continue to grow the red and white community. So hit like and continue to support us and grow this community. Don't forget, you can also support us on Patreon as well. We do some fun outside interviews. We already did one with the former president of Huracan, where we picked up Santiago Ese. And we are going to have another interview for this month. We actually originally had an interview scheduled with Doran Leidner's agent. But for reasons that are obvious, for those of you that know hopefully what is going on in the world, uh, that will have to be postponed due to the war that is now going on with Israel and in, of course, the area. A uh, dollar a month gets you access to our WhatsApp group where you get early access to data and other types of information. Uh, shout out on live show and our socials as well. And then if you're in the expanded content tier, which is $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes per month with early access to recorded videos like our scouting reports and other interviews. Um, the extra episodes like the interviews are not usually standard to Olibiakos content. We don't want to gatekeep that. But check it out. Uh, support us if you would like, and you can have access to all of that great content. Now, on the note of Doran Leidner's agent, who uh, whose interview we are getting postponed with for Patreon, I did want to say just a quick few words about what's going on in Israel. Um we do have a player on our club who has family there. We have audience members on this show that are also from Israel as well. We have audience members that are in bomb shelters. I have friends, colleagues with family that are in bomb shelters right now as well. So our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody. We hope all of the, the innocents, the civilians that are there are safe. And we hope that there's a, a quick resolution to this because you don't like to see, or at least you don't want to see what I've been seeing on social media the last couple of days. It's the worst that humanity has to offer has been out there. So we just hope that everybody is safe. This gets resolved quickly and that there's an end to the bloodshed. Um, so we're keeping in touch with everybody that, that we know of that is in Israel to make sure everyone's staying safe. So we hope that everyone continues to do so. And we all come out of this on the other side. Uh, moving moving forward, Olympiacos basketball had a really big win in its EuroLeague opener. Beat Panathinaikos again. I will never not enjoy being the nightmare for Panathinaikos in any sport. I don't care whether it's basketball or football. It was a lovely game to watch. This was I'm not a huge basketball fan, as many of you already know, but this was fun. I mean, this was a great match of basketball. And as it got to the end of time, into overtime, oh, it just we just put the game away. And we were missing some important players, Brazdekis, Mustafa Fall. I'm pretty sure Shaq McKissick didn't play more than four or five minutes in this game. So this was an important game for Panathinaikos to win after the Super Cup loss. And they threw everything at us. And even without the some very important pieces, we still took it to them. 
incredible stuff. Fantastic to see the basketball team picking up where it left off last season. Uh, really excited. Basketball is going to be, once again, an extremely fun team to watch this year. If you're not a basketball fan, I definitely encourage you to check it out and watch because I'm not a basketball fan and I'm enjoying watching them. I enjoyed watching them last year. I'm enjoying watching them now. It's uh, it's some it's incredible stuff. Um, moving back to the to the subject of football, we didn't do a post match after the European match. We didn't do anything after the the Bačka Topola disappointment in Serbia. So I wanted to to take a moment and and just say a few words about that. It because in the end we had a continuation of what happened in the first game. We were the better team over the course of the 90 minutes. No question. We were the better team. We started off well. And I don't think the scoreline was fair to the performance. Unfortunately, stupid goals, stupid situations. Doy gets a red card. Whether or not you believe the red card was fair or not, that's a different discussion. I don't believe that it was the correct call. That's my opinion. But we're not here to focus on the referees. We're here to focus on, on our performances. And... It is yet another situation where the offense is creating, where we're making opportunities. Maybe we don't score all of them, but we outperformed our XG at least, so you can't ask much more than that. But we're giving up stupid goals again. Before the red card, Topola's total XG against us was 0.6. In the end, it was 0.74 total. We conceded two goals on that. That's not a good look. It's not a good look. And there were a lot of questions primarily about the substitutions in the second half. The timing seemed pretty bad. At least that was the, the agreement from most of the fans. A double sub when you're up to nothing. Not a good look. Not necessarily something I would agree with. Not that I'm necessarily upset with the sub for Masuras, and I'll elaborate on that later. But the sub for Podence was not good. I mean, one of your best players on the field outside of Cosas Fortunis and, and you're taking him off right away. The guy seems like he can run for, for 90 minutes. He needs to be on the field. I know a lot of people were upset with the Masura sub because of how he was tracking back and covering on the defense. But I'm going to tell you guys, Masura did not have much positive going on in that game besides the goal that he scored. Take away the goal. And he did not do much. He didn't win any duels, or I think he maybe won one out of about seven. Um, I can pull the stats up and double-check myself on that. But overall, it was not a great game from him. Sure, he's getting back. He's covering on defense. Maybe not well. He's doing it, though. That being said, I think if you're going to make a sub in that situation, you leave... You either take just Masuras off, you leave Podence on, you bring on Sobakin, who I thought was holding up the ball pretty well when he did come on. Or you take off Mahdi. Mahdi was having a... I, I don't know where his head is sometimes. He was not having a great game. Invisible at times. You take him off earlier. You saw the impact Alexandropoulos had when he came on. I mean, Alexandropoulos' his effort level and uh, better with the ball than I, I initially anticipated as well. And... You you bring him on instead. If Mahdi's not going to do the work he's supposed to be doing, take him off. 
because he's not doing anything for you when he's playing like this. I don't know if it's, I don't want to say it's that he doesn't care. There's, there's something else going on. He's too talented to be playing as poor as, as he was, at least in that past game. And it's, it, it's just unfortunate, you know, again, uh, not to say that Mari's the reason that we lost the, you know, once again, we had some center back issues, Retzos, uh, very poor play from Retzos led to a goal. Then you have Ndoy and uh, getting a red card. And here we go. It's our center backs again that are at fault for, for some of what's going on. The and, and George got through here brings up a great point. We have we literally have two match weeks off. Why would we try to rest Fortunis and Podence? That was a must-win match. I'm with you. Two weeks off. You have a whole international break. Neither one of those players are playing for their national team. They'll have plenty of rest. Leave them on and get the win out of this game. Look, it's going on with this theme that Diego Martinez's in-game management is questionable and it is it has been it has been we, we've had some very questionable moves by him we've seen some in, especially in big games against better opposition the, against ike and and in, in europa league it, it's it's a little bit concerning it is uh it's it's concerning in that respect it's uh not just the management it's concerning about what's going on with our center backs i mean you know retos is retos a lot of people there's a lot of conversation about that he's not the best center back that we that maybe should be playing at Olympiacos. That is an argument that you can have. But regardless of what you have to say about him, he is still the best center back that we have of this club right now. He's the best center back option that we have. The problem is, who do we have to put next to him? Freire has already proved that he's not it. But then the problem is, Ndoy is not turning out to be a better option either. Ndoy is having... Opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to try and prove himself and take that position, take that number two role. He's not doing it. Then there's Porozo. Porozo hasn't exactly made us feel secure when he's on either. Not good. Not good. And if you believe the rumors, club's already looking to see who they're going to be bringing in the winter as a center back. I mean, that's... That's what we need to do. I mean, the question is, can we can we hold on until then? Can we hold on until the winter? Are we going to be in European competition by the time winter rolls around to get the center back? We have uh, Bian Cohn who can play center back. He's, he played uh, for the B team to get some reps. Uh, he played against Galicia. Who knows? He's not in the European list anyway. That's not like that can help us. It's the, the situation is, is uh, definitely not ideal. Uh, a couple more comments coming in here. George Cadillis, every year it's always something. Midfield, we are stacked. Attack could be better, but we are happy, but the defense needed it. The club And the club knew we needed a big tune-up. Signings were made, but not good enough. Well, look, I, I, I do agree with you on this. We, kn we, we know that this year was going to be tough. There were a lot of changes that needed to be made, and the budget was not there. We made the moves we made. We prioritized certain areas, which we've seen the benefits from. But the lack of proper depth at center back is, is a problem. We knew it was going to be. We said that we weren't happy with, with our moves at center back. And unfortunately, this is the case. You know, uh, some individuals overvalued what Frede could offer. 
and it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but this is this this is how it's shaken out. Now we have to figure out how we are going to adjust in the short term until we get to January. George Yatru, Pascalaki seemed extremely shaky from the start too. His long and short ball deliveries were awful. Not sure what caused him to be that way, to be honest. Yes, you know, I I haven't yet rewatched the game. I, I usually watch the games at least twice. And I haven't yet rewatched the game again to, to really pay attention to how Pascal Likis has been positioned. But I've been seeing that. I've been seeing a lot of people comment on, on Pascal Likis and whether or not he's at fault for this. And and early as as an, at an early glance without really reviewing it, I'm inclined to agree with that. But I can't really comment on that further until I watch the game again and really pay attention to what he's doing. Because I'll be honest, I was paying more attention to what was or was not going on the field. That was that was really where my head was at with respect to how the game was going. Lakis uh, Gavalas, the elephant is the four-two-four with with Fortunis Podence uh, plus the center forward Masuras Biel. This has more holes and weakness than. Bob basketball's defense than Panathinaikos basketball defense. Lucky's got lots. It's always a treasure uh, having your comments in. And I know, Lucky, you and I have um, talked about this also on social media as well, discussing uh, the, the the relatively porous nature. And see, the funny thing is, and I have some data for you guys, some analysis. The I. D- I, I don't necessarily think that the the 424 as you call it um in itself is the problem. It look, it is high risk. We knew that that was going to be how Diego Martinez especially in the high press was going to to act. We have the mobility for it. I look back at all the goals that we've conceded and it's not a breakdown of the system that has seen us eat some of the goals that that the majority of the goals that we've eaten. It is individual errors. And again, we're not talking about errors in, okay, this guy should have been here, he but he was here instead. Oh, this we were pushed too far forward. That's why he was here. It, it's stupid mistakes. Giving gifting the ball away to somebody, needlessly fouling somebody in a in a certain opportunity. Uh, in the case of Doy, overly aggressive commitment when going it. This is the stuff that has burned us. Not system related things. These are individual errors, and unfortunately, the majority of the individual errors that are being conceded are by our center backs. Not that there aren't other individuals that are at fault for certain things and certain goals because uh, some of our midfielders have been at fault for a couple of things as well. Baskalakis is at fault for a couple of things as well. But the majority can be placed back to the center backs. And I do plan on doing, at some point during the international break, a breakdown for for each one of the goals to determine kind of like where the breakdowns were. So we really can assess like where are the vulnerabilities happening? Is this a system error or a player error? And we're going to get into that, but kind of wrapping up what's going on with the game, it's unfortunate that we drop points to a team that we were clearly better than. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I wish I could come onto this show and really be confident that I believe we're going to turn this around win the next four games, and then maybe we make it on to the, to the knockouts of the group stage or the knockouts of the Europa League, I apologize. 
But I'm going to be honest with you, I'm I'm not super confident. The way the way things are right now with the group, we've got a point. Topola's got a point. Um, you know, West Ham. You have West Ham and Freiburg. Again, they're not they're not out of reach, but we come back from this international break. We play Panathinaikos, and then we play West Ham. And and and, and the match matches don't get easier after that. But those first two matches back, it's it's about as difficult as it can get, with respect to what we can face in the league and and what we have in our Europa League group. So. The only way I will find confidence in our European campaign is if we come out of the break, we beat Panathinaikos, and then we we get a result against West Ham, even if it's a draw. I'm not expecting because in my initial in my initial uh, predictions of the points for the group, I wasn't expecting points out of West Ham, zero zero. But if we can get a point, manage a point out of these these fixtures where we didn't believe that we could get points then then I, I start to have i start to have some a little bit more faith uh in in the fact that we can make a comeback or get something out of this out of this group and um uh george Cadelis is instead of six points in the europa league we got one it's very frustrating because it's not just it's a shame for certain players in the club as a whole to do the job up front and that people are supposed to have your back let you down yeah you're not wrong man you're not wrong. Um, from Garci, uh, well, we'll have a final against uh, Topola in, in Piria for the third spot, I'm pretty sure. George Mustakas, realistic goal is third place. Andreas Mitzis, almost in some matches, the Basise duo was missing the season for Olympiacos, especially in Europe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's incorrect at all. I mean, looking at what we have now, I mean, I, I would honestly... A, a Retsos Cisse pairing, I think, is probably something that's missing. Not that Cisse doesn't have his ability to mess up, which early on with us he did. He he could mess up a lot. But latter days Cisse, before the issue with the fans, I think next to Retsos would have been a better pairing than at least what we've seen so far from our current options. But again, that's a different discussion discussion altogether. The point of this show, one of the big themes of this show is to sit back now and kind of look and reflect on what we've seen so far. The result of the, of the game against uh, Topola was not great. And uh, it's unfortunate. We only got one point out of the first two games when we were the better team in both games. And we look at these disappointing performances, but then we look at how we've done in Greece and we're going into the break. We're top of the top of the table. Bonathinaikos and Ike won today, but that puts Bonathinaikos uh, in second place, uh, three points behind us. So we're we're looking great, and if we can beat Bonathinaikos coming out of the break, that just further further propels us ahead in the league. But then that that happiness that we are performing well in the Greek in the Greek league to start gets kind of dampened by what's been going on in Europe, and it makes you wonder. Laki Gavala brought up the 4-2-4 system. People have brought up some individual uh, players. Is it the players or is it the system? Well, 
to fuel this conversation and to kind of give you guys some more information with which to make an opinion, uh, a more educated opinion, I have some some stats for you guys. So uh, regarding this. So first, uh, we're going to look at some players. Now, these are stats I, I put on social media earlier. But I wanted to take a look at the European uh, standing, so the rankings for all of the Europa League, uh, because we do have quality players on this roster, as we know. These are the XG leaders, top four players in the Europa League for XG, expected goals. Ayu Belkabi is number four, and he's in pretty good company. Joao Pedro from Brighton, you guys may know who that is. Darwin Nunez from Liverpool, a player that in the Premier League is it has some of the most opportunities in the penalty area, most touches in the penalty area compared to all other players in the league. And then uh, I'm going to butcher this name, De Catalier from Atalanta. Atalanta is a very offensive team. They get they're, they're right now the way they're performing in Italy is a little bit more interesting, but they they always have been an offensive team the last few years under Gasparini. So you look at the company that's being kept here. Ayub Kabi isn't just scoring because he's getting lucky. There's, there's plenty of opportunities. And in many cases, some people think he should have even more goals. It's, it's, a, it's a very – we have quality here. And, and El Kabi, at least early on, is, is, is performing quite well. I still am not saying he's El Arabi 2.0. I do not believe that. I do not believe he's as talented on the ball as a, a prime El Arabi was, but he's doing the job. Pressing extremely well. Uh, he presses like Guerrero, but actually scores goals, which is which is important for us. I told you guys this guy was is going to be at least a 10-goal striker a season, and he's going to hit that probably before the, the midseason break. Uh, next up, we have our expected assist leaders. Gostas Fortunis, we've been singing his praises since the start of the season, leads your, the Europa League in expected assists, and this is for the group stage. It's one thing for him to do it in Greece. We kind of expect that. But to show that he's also a top creator in the Europa League compared to, to some of these other players, Wurtz for Bayer Leverkusen is not a joke of a player. Side so Ben Rama, a great player for West Ham. I used to have him in my, my FPL fantasy team a while back. And then Muro from Atalanta. I mean, these are, these are great players that are known creators in the final third. And Fortunis is outperforming all of them. We have great quality. Daniel Podence, I don't have a chart to show him, but Daniel Podence is, is the best progressive attacker in Greece. He's got seven goals and six, seven goal contributions in six matches for us. I mean, he, he has transitioned seamlessly into this team. There is talent on this team. Santiago Eze has been an incredible defensive midfielder for us. 21 years old, coming in from Argentina. New country, new way of life, new culture, assimilating. That doesn't happen for us. A lot of these South Americans we bring in, we have a failure with that. It's, it, it's, it's something else. There's talent here. There is definitely talent on this team. Now, we're going to take a small step back from the player stats. And I want to show you guys some, some individual stats here. Um, or sorry, not individual stats. We're gonna we're gonna take a look at some team stats here. So this one might irritate you guys a little bit. We put this one on socials also, but 
right here we have a look at expected goals allowed. And I'll remove this banner so that you guys can see this. I'll throw that back up one more time for you. Expected goals allowed. Least expected goals allowed in the Europa League. These are the top 10 teams that allow the least amount of goal scoring opportunities in terms of quality and quantity together in the Europa League. I'm going to put it up for you here one more time. Olympiacos is sitting at eighth. Panathinaikos is up there at sixth. But look, that's 2.24 XGA, and we've allowed five goals. We have underperformed our XGA, the third worst in the Europa League. Only Sheriff Tiraspol and Servet have underperformed their XGA worse than we have. Now, what does this mean? Expected goals assist, expected goals allowed. What does that mean? What, what is this term? So just like XG is a measure of probability of goals, and based on that probability and in an artificial value of the number of goals you should have based on the types of opportunities and situations you can get, XGA, expected goals allowed, is the reverse. It's how many goals you would expect a team to concede based on the types of goals that have been conceded in the past five years and then adding all of those up. It's a, just like this is. It's You get um, a, a number that's less than one, basically what percentage of times you would score, and all of those get added together. So we are expected, in, in terms of our XGA, have only been expected to concede about two goals, which means the quality of opportunities, because we haven't, we haven't really conceded a lot of quantity, a lot of number of opportunities against us. Even the quality of opportunities against us has not been good, but yet we've conceded five goals. So when we go back to this question of whether or not it's, it's the system or the players, the indication that our XGA is one of the, the top 10 fewest, we allow the least amount of opportunities, the least amount of quality opportunities, is an indicator that the system works. The opportunities that we are seeing against us, they're not great quality chances. We are minimizing that. Our In the Europa League, the average shot distance against us is over 18 meters or about 18 meters, which is pretty high. That's pretty good. So that means that there's something else that's the problem. We know that the individual mistakes have cost us. We know we 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 know that this team commits forward. It presses. It's not pressing as much if you saw the the data we posted the other day. Obviously it doesn't press as much as it does in Greece, but we do press. But we have not bitten too much off of that in terms of the 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 counters or the attacks our opponents have 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 attacked against us in Europe at least as much as we would expect so what is the problem the the problem then leads me to believe that it's the players and this makes sense look at the goals we've conceded individual mistakes freire gifting the ball to somebody retzos Gifting away a penalty. Individual mistakes. Does Diego Martinez coach that in, in training? 
he's not he's not teaching somebody to give somebody else to give our opponent the ball. No, he's not doing it. this. Is lack of focus, lack of concentration, and nerves. So these are individual mistakes. Now, how do you fix that? That is for us the multi-million euro question. How do you fix that problem? If it is the players and if it is individual mistakes, how do you fix that problem? Garcia has a great comment here. Although we've done a rebuild, that does not mean the quality of the new players is much higher. So that's the first this is the first thing that one of the first solutions you can do. If the issue is down to player quality, you bring in better quality players. Now, we can't really do that in the short term because we have to wait till the winter to do that. So then the question is in the short term, how do you train against those mistakes? That's what Diego Martinez is going to have to figure out until we can bring better quality in the winter. Comment here from ASG7. Defenders, most goals are from personal mistakes. Retzos Freire We do not concede many chances, but we give so many goals because of our defenders. We took quality in front, but we did not take defenders. I could not have said that better myself, ASG7. And you are absolutely right. And these were the, this was the cost benefit that management had to do. This was the cost benefit that Cordon had to do. He could not get what he wanted. We had to settle for a lot of loan options, loan options with buyout, because we had FFP deadlines. It sucks. But this is why I've told you, Gostas told you, we've all told you about that this is going to be more than a one-season rebuild. With the budget restrictions we had, there was no way we could fix everything with proper quality in one season. Players have to be sold. A lot of dead weight had to be moved on. And the only way you can do that is you have to be able to sell players, but you can't sell players if you're not producing a good product because nobody wants to buy something from a trash heap. We were a trash heap last season. What team wants to come in and pay for players that you have? Well, maybe they 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 want to come pillage your players, but not going to pay you great money for it. We are so fortunate we got the money we did from Oleg Rebchuk. A million euro from Kane. I mean... We got our money back basically from Onyakuru. You that, that doesn't happen. Excuse me, guys. Sorry, when you're when you're talking up here by yourself for 30, 40 minutes, you uh you start to get a little bit of a dry mouth. I do apologize for that. But this is the situation, this is the scenario. And now some of you may have questions about whether or not, okay, so defensively, maybe. Defensively, maybe we are conceding more than we should be. Individual errors. But what about offensively? A lot of you have have aired your complaints to me offensively. We don't finish our opportunities. We're, we're very wasteful with our opportunities. And that may be true. But guess what, guys? The fact of the matter is we are outperforming our XG, which is which is interesting to to think about because we have we've scored four goals well i guess technically we are just barely underperforming uh, you can see right here this is the top 10 expected goals that we have 
in the Europa League so far. This is the top 10 teams in the Europa League across all of the groups. And look at that. We're in the top 10. We're, we're producing more chances than the majority of the other teams in Europa League. Ike is up there ahead of us, sure. Uh, West Ham is there. Rennes is there. Freiburg is there. Three of the four teams in our group are in the top 10 in terms of, of XG, in terms of opportunity and goal creation. So it's a very, it's a very interesting thing to see here uh, because a lot of you have been upset about us not putting away our opportunities, us not creating a lot of opportunities, but we are. We're creating a lot of opportunities, and if if we're measuring according to our XG, we can't really be super upset with what we're putting away. The offense is doing its job. We are creating opportunity, at least more than we have in the last couple of years, against the same quality op opposition. What we need to look at is how we can continue with our defense to, to at least not concede opportunities that we should not be conceding. If we can stick and perform close to our XG and are close to our expected goals allowed, we, we at least get second place out of this group. We have offenses that are competing in a similar manner as Freiburg, as West Ham. And Freiburg, that XG, that don't forget, that includes their penalty. So in open play, we have a higher XG than, we, than they do. Better quality opportunities, better quantity of opportunities. It, it all goes for the same thing. So I hope that gave you guys a little bit more insight as to how the team is performing. And there's more stuff coming. I've got a lot more for you guys. I've got a lot more analysis that's going to be coming out on socials over the course of the next couple of days, especially now that Ike, now that Panathinaikos have finished their the games that they had to make up, everyone's on a level footing. We're going to have some rankings with the Greek League. Stuff that pisses off the other teams, points, expected points. I'm going to put out a chart of who's been awarded the most fouls, who's been awarded the most penalties. It's going to be great. I love it. Everybody starts crying when we put this stuff out. But we do all of this to kind of really give everybody an idea of, of, of what the situation really is and, and how we're performing and to help kind of focus everybody on, on really what the problems are. We see a game here, we get upset about one thing. We see a game here, we get upset about another thing. But looking at the data top down, we get a better idea of it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. We've actually done pretty good here. This actually we 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 suffer in. You know, different aspects of the game. It's why we do this. So look for that because we are going to do a lot more of that type of analysis. And more comments are coming in, so I'm going to touch on some of these uh, um uh, comments from some of the audience members here. And guys, go ahead, drop your comments. If you have anything, any opinions, please share them. This this show has always been by fans for fans. It's by the fans for the fans. So this is just as much your show as it is ours. Share your opinion. Let us know what you think. If you don't, if you are not comfortable speaking in English, put it in Greek. It's fine. Everybody on this show speaks Greek. We have no problem conversing with you guys in that matter. Uh, comment here. We'll start with uh, going further back. I think this was the, the first one from Garcy. Uh, we have two problems when it comes to bringing players. The first is that many are not interested, and the second is the economic issue. That's 100% correct. That is 100% correct. Um, 
George Cadillis, if we had a Semedo in his prime, we would have so much more confidence and authority at the back. All I know is he wins mostly every header. Retzos does at times, but he doesn't have that same physique. Funny enough, Retzos has uh, one of the highest aerial dual win rates in Europe, 75%. He actually, uh, somebody had posted under one of the, the stat blocks that we did, Retzos had the most aerial dual wins in the Europa League. Now, I don't know if that accounts for qualifiers as well as group stage because I don't know where that data set came from, but that was something that somebody had posted on social media. I am going to evaluate that when I have time later on, but that's that was a stat that somebody had posted. As far as Semedo, look, if you could get somebody that had Semedo's ability on the ball, his talent, that would be great. But I'm going to be honest with you. The only reason we got somebody like Semedo is because of his problems. Ruben Semedo has a lot of off-field issues. Don't forget, this guy was banned from Spain for half a decade. I mean, attempted kidnapping and his off-field problems were something something else entirely but he was a talented guy and but we wouldn't we don't get players like that of that caliber unless there's something something else wrong that's that's just the nature of it that's just how it is but you're right i mean maybe if we had somebody that had the qualities of semedo this would be a different story yeah you're 100 percent right unfortunately semedo isn't the answer because semedo has so much drama around him and it's it's not worth it monos g7 checking in what's up buddy glad that you're here to join us like is gavalas let me put it a different way freiburg and topola would have been easily beaten by panathinaikos even though their individual quality is way inferior to ours i could see panathinaikos winning both games panathinaikos uh they're they they kind of have evolved a little bit more than what they were last season. They still have a pretty tight defense that they did last season, as you guys could see in the statistics um, uh, that were that were posted. Um, they are, once again, very efficient with the opportunities they have. They are creating only marginally more opportunities than they did last year, both in terms of quantity and quality. But they are, once again, extremely efficient. My argument for that would be just as it happened to them last year, you cannot sustain a run in the season on efficiency alone. You have to create opportunities if you are going to, to win league. Because this happened with Panathinaikos last season. Panathinaikos last season, the first half of the season, yes, they had penalties and and that's you know a, a conversation for another time, but they had 40 percent on target efficiency 40 percent shot efficiency that's so 40 percent of the shots they took were on target that was the highest in the league but then the problem came in the second half of the season they weren't creating more opportunities but they get, became less efficient they went from having the highest shot efficiency in the league to the lowest shot efficiency in the league instead of 40% on target, it was 20% on target. Then we saw them suffer. 
They had a 12-point lead. They had a 12-point lead in the league, and they lost it, and they ended up losing the league to Ike. At one point, we had a shot. We had a title shot before we bottled it. So, Bonathinaikos may be more efficient. They definitely don't play a better brand of football than we do, but they have a very tight defense, and they have been very efficient with their opportunities. But that, for me at least, is not sustainable. It wasn't sustainable last year, and unless they figure out how they're going to make more opportunities, you are going to find when they are, with the second they start dropping in terms of their efficiency on goal, that's when they're going to have a lot of problems. But I do see what you're saying. And yes, you know what? I think I don't think that's a, a far, far stretch to say. And I also think that even Ike, I think I think Ike would have competed very well against Freiburg as well. This Freiburg team was not impressive. We were a much better team. And but again, it's the individual mistakes that are haunting us. We have a great project that's being built here. We do. There are just there are vulnerabilities. It's a shame. It really is. We have some great pieces in, in different aspects, but then, you know, defensively, there are, are some very tough, very, 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 very tough aspects. Um, yeah, it's it's just not it's just not a good situation, unfortunately. Now, uh, there was a comment that I missed earlier about Ortega that I'm going to bring up now. I do apologize. Um, so. George Yatru, can we talk about why Ortega is not being allowed to start bigger games over Kini? He has had an assist in each start that he has had. It should be a no-brainer at this point. Kini is a good backup. So this, so again, Ortega hasn't been around that long. He was one of the last transfers to come in. He has played, he's only started twice. He only has two starts, uh, and he has assists in in both starts. Um, it's it's a it's a difficult case, right? Because we know that he trusts Kini, and we know Ortega is a very offensive back. You've seen it in the Greek league games he's played. He gets very far forward, very far forward, which therein lies the risk of exposure. Kini is more experienced. And that's why that's why Diego Martinez has has trusted him so far. I am with you at this point. I would have rather seen Ortega play. I would have rather seen Ortega playing and helping us create more opportunities and helping us really, 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 um, really push and and keep them pinned in their in their half of the field, their third of the field, I should say. Now, could we have been more exposed than we would have been with Kini? Maybe, but Ortega's faster. Ortega's better with the a little bit better with the ball, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm fine. I would have been fine with that, but unfortunately, Diego Martinez is not comfortable enough yet uh, to be starting Ortega in the big matches. But I think we will see that change, if not directly after the international break. Than, than at least before winter. I do expect that Ortega will be the day-in, day-out starter for this club over Keeney. Keeney is, only, Keeney is only a rotation guy. He was brought in to be a rotation. He is, he is playing more than I think any of us expected because he is supposed to be just a backup option. 
and and he's he's look he's exceeding the call of of duty that he was brought here for and that part's on Mar is on Martinez but Keeney is here as a rotation player he was not brought in to be a starting a starting left back a couple more comments coming in um seeing greek teams doing in europe great in europe makes me think of a difficult fight to win yeah i mean it also sucks to see all the Greek teams at the top of their groups, and here we are tied for the bottom. It's not good. Uh, see a comment here. Uh, I'll just translate. I believe we have a problem with our tactical fouls. Um, see, that's a tough one. Because I don't... I mean, if look, if we're just basing it off of last year, it's... He he's going on in the re in the rest of the comment. I don't tactical fouls. See the the if we're comparing to last year, um, and and thank you thank you um, uh, Yanni Didascalu for the for the comment. See, ta you know. Tactical fouls. That's that's an interesting one because we talk about we used to talk about a lot last season how our, our players were not were not were not great with that frustrating other fouling um, fouling fouling our opponents in a manner that would either a frustrate them or stop them from um, at least at least progressing against them. So we talked about a lot the, the lack of um, the lack of aggression the, that fighters mentality. It was just absent last season. But this season, we have seen a stark improvement on that. And we've seen a stark improvement at least. Like, like look at Costa. Look at Costa's fortune. He's getting in the face, like jumping, jumping at the ref all the time with bad decisions, talking, uh, getting in the faces of the opposition. He never did that stuff. When, you know, when Ibora's in, Ibora's always there. Um, all of our players, they're just... They're they're just they, they they do more in that aspect of the game than they ever did uh, last season. But I I mean I I understand I I understand the comment. Um. I I I do understand I do understand where the comment's coming from, especially as he as he continues on because he talks about, um. Uh, you know. Allowing allowing the opponents to come in and, and dribbling through the center, um, creating these opportunities against the defense. Uh, you know, when they're doing that, you have you need to have a defender that that makes those smart fouls uh, to to stop the progression, and that is a really really good point. But you know, I, that's not something I really, I'll be honest, that's not something I really ever um, looked at or compared season to season or really looked at to determine. I'm going to have to. Uh, I have to do a little bit more research on that. Thank you. Thank you so much um, uh, again, Yanni uh, Didascalu, because that's, uh, that, that is something that we should think about and that we should look at. Um, off the top of my head, it's um, I, I can't really think. I'm trying to think of cases where I thought we made a lot of great tactical fouls. Uh, I mean, last season we didn't do much of any of that, so it's kind of hard for me to compare, but that's, it's an interesting, very interesting point with the tactical fouls. 
Um, you got me, you had me a little bit stumped with that one. It was a good question. Very good comment, actually. Um, Lucky Gavalas. Martinez is smart. He'll switch to a 5-3-2. We have the right wing backs. We need more cover in the center of defense, and we lack wingers. So Bakken won't last beyond January. Lucky's Gavalas, ever the optimist. Ever the optimist. Um, I think so. I, I think so. Bakken will be here past January. I don't know if we're going to ever, I don't know if at this point if we'll activate the buyout, but uh, he does have something that our other wingers don't have. Uh, you've, you've seen it. He, he has no problem dribbling on, dribbling on players from, from the outside, even getting wide. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't seem to be like the tactical fit yet, but I have a little bit more hope for him than that. I think, I think Sobakin will at least play a, a role this season. The, the third, the three center back part is interesting. Five, three, two. I mean, for the first time, we now have two extremely offensive wing backs, so it you know it could work. But the problem is, <laughs> with three center backs, <laughs> going to trust Ratos Freire Doi back there, or are you going to want Ibora playing as the 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 midfielder that drops into the center back? Hezem, maybe? I don't know. I'm not comfortable with that. Mm -mm. You need to have a lot of good center backs to be able to, to to do something like that. And I'm not I'm not comfortable at all. Um that's I don't I don't know. I I, I just can't see five three two. Sorry. Uh four three three, maybe shift away from the four two three one, four three three, four four two. I could see that. Um, but I, I there's no universe in which I could see us running a five, a five, three, two, even in Europe. Um, yeah, I just don't see that. I, the, from what we've seen so far, I just cannot see that happening. Just cannot see it happening. So anyway, um, boys and girls, we are about 50 minutes in almost an hour in going to get ready and start closing up soon. Don't forget if you're in here, like, and subscribe. Help us get the engagements. Help us grow the channel. We are pushing for 4,000 subs on YouTube. We're over the halfway mark from 3,000 to 4,000. We're moving. Uh, socials, we broke 6,000 on Instagram not too long ago. Uh, we're pushing 4,000 on Twitter. Uh, Facebook also, out of nowhere, has just started to get, uh, we've seen a, a big uptick in the number of followers through Facebook. Uh, a couple of hundred people coming in just in the last couple of weeks. So that's nice to see as well. Help us continue to grow the community because the bigger our voice gets, the more we can accomplish as a channel. The more we accomplish as a channel, the bigger the presence of Olympiacos gets. And that's really what this is about in the end. We we want more people to find and love Olympiacos, not just Greeks, but anybody. Olympiacos is the best club in the world for us. And we want everybody else to see it. So help us continue to grow the community and help us continue to find more fans. Let's find more Martials. Let's find more Peters. Because this is how you grow. This is how you grow Lubiakos. Finding people that aren't Greek, but just love, love to see what they see at the club. They see something magical. They see the same magic that we have seen. And it's contagious. I promise you that. There's plenty of people, plenty of people that follow us have nothing to do with Greece or Libyakos. But they saw something in the team at one point and they wanted to continue to follow. There's a player they followed here, but they love the atmosphere. So they followed the Libyakos. 
So keep it up. Help us with the engagements. Help us spread the show. Don't forget about Patreon if you want to check out those extra interviews. Uh, enhanced analysis as well. It looks like the patrons kind of voted on the West Ham match. Either the Panathinaikos game or the West Ham match they wanted enhanced analysis for. Uh, this is where I really jump in deep, go, go into statistics. I go into tactics. I discuss everything about the matches. So you can check that out. It's part of the expanded content here. Merch is also coming too. Shameless plug. Merch is coming. Uh, we're we're working on that with our 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 supplier now. It's going to be there's going to be some fun stuff, and we're going to continue to get more more fun things as well. So keep an eye out that we're going to have some great merch for you. Stickers. We've gotten a lot of questions about stickers. We will have stickers also. I don't know what you're going to do with the stickers. Put them on whatever signpost you want, whatever tag, whatever you need. I don't know. I know I don't. I'm not familiar with the sticker game in Europe. I've just heard about it, so we'll have all of that for you. Uh, comment from George Cadillac again. Adi, before you go, give a shout out to the basketball team. George, we did that at the beginning of the show. Maybe you missed it, but yes, we are super excited. I'm super excited about the basketball team. I'm not even a basketball fan, but I love watching Libyakos basketball. They have the fight. They have everything I wish we could just import into the football team. Uh, it's, it's incredible stuff. So, uh, guys, I'll give you about another minute or so. Drop a couple more comments if you have any more questions for me, if there's anything you want to know. Don't forget to check our socials. A lot of great stats, a lot of great stuff coming your way. Uh, the analysis that we do here is completely different than just about anything you find in Greece, even from the likes of Sport24 with Themis Kesaris and Vasilis Sabrakos, both who are journalists that I respect very highly. But the stuff that we do, the stuff that I do here as well, it's completely different. You guys have seen it. Um, radar charts, nobody in Greece does that. The the percentile comparisons, nobody in Greece does that. Everything we do, mapping uh, tactics and player positions, nobody in Greece does that. You only find that here at Gate 7 International. So check that out. Don't forget to follow us on socials and ask me questions. I get lots of DMs from you guys, and I love it. Any questions you have. I love engaging. I love answering. I have lots of chats with Lakis Gavalas here. Uh, he's uh, he he likes to seem like a pessimist, but uh, he's a softy at heart. So, um, but anything, anything you guys want to talk about, anything you want to troll Lambro, no problem. I love trolling Lambro too. I sign I sign Lambro up for every clothing ambassadorship that gets offered to us. They reach out to us on Instagram saying that they want us to be ambassadors for like the weirdest looking sunglasses or even children's clothes. I signed Lambro up for children's clothes. Haven't gotten anything yet with that ambassadorship, but whatever you guys want to chat, chat, chat about. Ramon, Lambro, I'll talk to you guys about Ramon all day long. Funny story about that, actually. At the Greek festival I was at a couple of weeks ago, a kid that was maybe 16, 18 years old came up. Said he watched the show, so that was really cool. And actually asked me about uh, Lambro and Ramon. It was so funny. So the, the Ramon stuff is really catching on. It's hysterical. But seriously, either way, uh, I'm always, my DMs are always open for you guys. And if you have any suggestions about what you want to see too, I tell my patrons uh, all the time, you guys want to see something to make the experience better for you? Let me know. That goes for you guys as well. If there's, if there's data, if there's something you want to see, a comparison, maybe something you have a question about, I have no problem studying it for you. Checking it out and then, and then evaluating it and then 
visualizing it in a way that we can explain it to everybody else. Or even if you have comments about what we already do, please. Anything that helps us improve the show, we want to do it. So, well, almost an hour in. I haven't seen any more questions come in. Uh, everyone's just kind of hanging out. Looks like we're all ready to go. I know it's late for you guys in Greece. We're got to be going past midnight now. So thank you guys for, for tuning in. Thank you all so much. Uh, the solo shows are, are always tiring, at least for me. I feel like I talk way too much. But this is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. Thank you all for tuning in. I know it's kind of like a random episode. There was no game today, no match. It's international break, so we get to watch the international team or the national team, the Ethniki Omada, disappoint us probably again. It's always a difficult thing to see, but it is what it is. And I thank you guys for hanging out with me. Thank you for everyone that made it this far, that has been engaging, that has been helping me keep the conversation going. I always appreciate that. But uh, we'll check in. I mean... Obviously, I, I will do some stuff maybe for the national team. Maybe we'll do a space. I don't know if we'll do a live show for the post-match for the national team. We don't get as much attention. We don't get as much engagement for that, but we'll see. We're, I'm sure we're going to have something for you guys. Uh, we're always working on interviews. We have stuff going on with the club as well that we're working on, um, trying to get schedules to align so we can get those interviews. Uh, the, the Patreon interview, I'm working on that as well. There's a couple of options. Uh, don't forget in the future, we are going to be doing the interview, uh, with Doran Leidner's agent. That will be a Patreon interview and we will be interviewing the vice president of Iraklis. So that's a really fun interview. That's also going to be happening on Patreon. So if you want to check those out, uh, dollar a month gets you into the WhatsApp group, $5 a month gets you the expanded content tier. So, and early access to things like scouting reports and interviews. So. All right, guys, if you want to check that out, check it out. Any more questions, let me know. Otherwise, this is Gate 7 International, and we will see you all next time. Oh,